legs like Selena, the flats, eh. Bumping Justin Bieber, the flavor ain't left, eh. She know what she need, all her need, all she blessed, eh. Giving me my best, eh. Yeah. Live from the studio, take studio. I'm Jimmy Seleski. I'm Eric Glazer. And uh, we're coming at you for the second time ever this evening uh, with... What was the name of that song, by the way? That was called Heart on My Sleeve by A.I. Drake and <laughs> A.I. The Weeknd. <laughs> now, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, for people that don't know, that was a completely A.I. song. Or so they say. And I say. <laughs> I'm they. Now, I'm going to say this to you for the first time, and you probably don't know what I'm going to say. No, what are you going to say? Dom. Yeah? Doesn't think this is AI. That's definitely AI. He thinks that it is a marketing campaign mm. to attempt to capitalize on how popular AI is right now. Mm. And um, I got to say, although I don't agree with him, because I do agree with you that you can tell it's not them, in my opinion, when Drake sings was where I first noticed it. Mm-hmm. Like the rap sounds like him. Yeah, I totally buy like, the rap. To a yeah, there's like a subtle difference because well, it's his like timber. it's too timber. it's too auto tuned. Yeah, like for some of the AI stuff, like there's you know auto tune that musicians use, but then there's like auto tune that is for robotic voices. That's more just like pitch shifting and like so like the tone doesn't carry or something like something just sounds off about it mm-hmm. do you know what i mean yeah and then you really hear it with the weekend with I the think. weekend for sure and uh, my first react because the first time i heard this song uh what was it called again hard on my sleeve hard on my sleeve very drake title very drake title and like there's some drake lines in there where you're like are you sure drake didn't write this yeah when i heard it i i and even the weekend like before, There's a good weekend yeah. line. Like, you can tell a musician did it. Like, you can tell a musician wrote it and did the beat and everything. Because most AI songs don't sound that good. So, so are, is your is your uh, take that that the just the um, voices were AI, but the lyrics and music were written by real people? Um, I mean, I could see it being like, well, because for the most part, like how AI music for like uh you know when when they train ai to be like drake's voice they'll input all of like drake songs acapellas all that shit Mm -hmm. and the machine will learn how to like talk like ai or like talk like drake Drake. like he's siri or artificial drake ad um but you're but you don't like just hit up ai drake to be like yo spit 16 right now you have you like give him lyrics to sing are Does that make sh- sense? I see. I that's was how the AI thing works as of now. See, I was under the impression that it was the exact reverse because I feel like it would be easier for a machine to generate Drake-like lyrics mm-hmm. than it would be for a machine to completely re-synthesize his voice. 
Like right now, you can go on ChatGPT and be like, hey, ChatGPT, write me a biography. Write my biography. Or yeah. like write a story about my summer in 20... 20- and it'll fucking do something. And it'll like... It'll like accumulate a bunch of bullshit information about you from social media and like do something. I feel like it'd be way easier to get a machine to be like, yo, we used to do that. We used to make yeah. Drizzy rhymes ourselves before our official intelligence had ever That's been That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like someone like us who is well-versed in the Drizzy rhyme scheme yeah. wrote the Drake rap for that. Okay. But I mean, and here's here's the bad thing. I don't know the actual history of that song. I just know that it's AI. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen, the current technology can do is like there's a Kanye AI that like people are doing like "Hey There Delilah" but sung by Kanye. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Like they didn't ask ChatGPT to make Kanye sing "Hey There Delilah." Mm-hmm. There is a Kanye trained AI voice that there's they just put recorded, the lyrics yeah. into "Hey There Delilah." Um, okay. And also, yeah, there was already <laughs> yeah, they the just... bonus scenes from the documentary where <laughs> yeah. he actually wrote Hey There Delilah originally and sold it to that bitch, whatever yeah, I believe it was is. Soldier Boy who originally wrote Hey There Delilah. True. He had yeah, his yeah. hands in everything. Um, okay, so now I, I am of three minds. Okay. Because now I'm You're very... the Cerberus now. <laughs> I, am, I am... Okay, so if I had like a pie chart of what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I'm going... T- I'm giving 10% to Dom. Mm-hmm. that this is a complete marketing tactic um if, if this is the first of all the fact that if assuming that it's not which i'm 90 percent positive it's not a marketing tactic yeah. but it, like if, if it's it was, if it's a marketing thing it's smart. genius genius it's very smart yes. um the only marketing technique drake is doing right now is he's walking around in his own merch that says that says harder hard feelings harder dick and he's like 40 years old walking around in like hoodies with puppies on it, but it says hard feelings, harder dick. So I don't yeah. know if that guy is also like doing this AI marketing campaign. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It's a good point. It's like a good song. And I could see it being something where like riding off the buzz, Drake and The Weeknd are like, wait, let's actually record this. Mm-hmm. And put it on streaming service because it's already getting millions be cool. of streams on streaming services. Yes, for a fake song. So now, but, I'm so f- they might as well be getting money for it. Now I have four minds because my fourth mind. But here's the thing: who yeah. who owns that song? Is it the guy who made it with the AI, or I mean, it's Drake and the Weekend singing it and That's rapping a good it? Question: Who actually is? Who gets writing credits for that? Did the you know what I mean? Did Atlantic was it released under a label? Can we look? No. Okay, so it was released not under a label. So no. that's a huge well, factor. So a lot of a lot of shit on streaming too can just plop up there. So like a lot of like leaked music, people will just like make a fake artist and put up a leaked like Drake song or like whoever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now but how they'll the- be called like Bad Boy Radio One on Spotify and they'll have a million plays on a song and you'll play it and you're like, oh this is a Drake song. How is the song <clears throat> titled? Like when you pull it up, what does it say? Like uh Heart on My Sleeve and then what is it does it say Drake and the Weekend or does it say like AI Drake and AI the Weekend? I mean it probably just says Drake and the Weekend. But it okay. might it might say AI song. Yeah it says AI song. But, but it says Drake hard on my sleeve feet the weekend. Let me see it. Let me see this writing. Official audio. 
Okay, well, I mean, there you have it. And it best says quality. official best quality audio. Best quality. And it almost has a million views. So this has made me want to, uh, since I'm leaning that this is actually AI and not a marketing Yeah, scheme, the song underneath of it. This is making the, me want to say that my next Kanye song is AI. The Kanye featuring Playboy Cardi, somebody that I used to know, AI cover. Okay. Um, There's a Donald Trump sings Locked Up by Akon after getting arrested, AI music video. So disposing of disposing of the possibility that it is not that it's completely a real song that they're marketing as AI. I'm disposing of that. That's out yeah, the window. But that's now, a good that's a good idea. It's a great idea, and I think I might try to do it. Not that anybody would care, but mm-hmm. it'd be a good gimmick, you know? I'm all about gimmicks these days. Got nothing else. Um the other ninety percent, I am actually leaning towards uh uh, you're saying that the lyrics were written by a real person and they got fake Drake, fake weekend, computer generated voices to sing it. Well, because here's the thing. What's if you're like an up and coming producer, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, my shit slaps so hard, but no one's ever going to listen to me. Mm-hmm. But also, like, I don't know, like, I'm sure, like, if you've ever produced music, like, remember when we made those like dumb, like, mix CDs and shit? Yeah. Or you would download instrumentals and put acapellas over it and shit. Mm-hmm. If you like made a beat and put a Drake acapella over it and you feel like a fucking badass, wouldn't it be even crazier if you put AI Drake singing a song you wrote on one of your songs you produced? That that could Isn't that cool? And then that's probably how in ten years that's how people are gonna find popping people. And here's how <laughs> here's how we're kind of dabbling into the realm of the unknown. Because there's two things that arise out of this. A, if it turns out that not only were the voices AI generated, but the lyrics and music were AI generated, which I do think is completely the possibility, um, then it kind of exposes. Because uh, the first thing I thought before I heard this song on a podcast a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago, and they played it before saying the story behind it. Mm. So when I first heard it, all I thought was, oh, this is a new Drake weekend song. Yeah. And the first thing I thought was, oh my God, this is like such a typical Drake verse. I was like, I even like, I literally (laughs) out loud. I thought I was like, dude, it just feels like he's just like hashing up all of his like old, like styles. He's not doing anything new. He's just like, this is such like a textbook, just exactly something Drake would say. Like what's with that, which I don't dislike. Here's the thing. No, it sucks. I feel like it's better than the last song Drake put out. Mm. That like search and rescue rescue song. Mm-hmm. Come and rescue me. Yeah, like I take. I'd rather have heart on my sleeve, knife well, in th- my back. That's the What's issue. With that? <laughs> What's with that? What's with that? What's with that? What's with that? Welcome to our talk show. What's with that? Man, that'll um, be a good name for a podcast. We should just cancel our podcast yeah. and start the What's With That podcast. We're good to end this at 305. <laughs> That's fine. Just rebrand it. Welcome to What's With That with Jimmy and Eric, episode one. <laughs> <laughs> what's with that? What's with that? Um, no, because... Coming up next, Pross from the Fugees was actually a Chinese spy? <laughs> what's with that? that? <laughs> no, because what's happening now is... Once you get a computer to do something that is literally like getting as many streams as a real... Now, here's the real debate is, is this song getting as many streams as it's getting because it's actually a dope song? 
or is it getting this many streams because people want to hear? People think it's a Drake and people, Weekend song, yeah, or that people are interested in hearing the AI generated song because that's a whole thing surrounding it. Mm-hmm. That's the so it's like if if the record because if you really think about it, well, no, it's even crazier. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, like uh, there was like this quote unquote Frank Ocean song that got leaked that was produced by Rick Rubin floating around, mm-hmm. and people today just finally figured out like oh my god this was just an ai song <laughs> like this isn't even real but but that's that, like if you really think about it like the music industry pop music like There's the no labels, uncanny valley anymore they've been doing they've been kind of AIing music for a long time yeah like they had ghost writers they had ghost producers like dj cal doesn't produce most of his music and they have they have like formulas of like this chord progression with this type of beat and like you can listen to pop radio and like the old you know thing cliche oh music sounds the same these days and it's like well because we've kind of we kind of like have an algorithm for how to produce a hit song. There's like four chord progressions if you put over a certain beat with a certain melodic line and you just kind of like tweak that melodic line a little bit. Like there was this new song by Andy Grammer that came out uh, not that recently, but I heard it today at the gym because I went to the gym for the first time in like since before I started fasting. And I heard this uh, song and it was like, I'm loving the lie. I found joy in the lie, or whatever. And mm-hmm. it sounded exactly like his other song that was like, "Oh no, honey, I'm good." Even the even the hook was literally. A, he he goes like, in this new song, he goes, it goes like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm living." And then, the, but the hook for the other song was, "Oh no, honey," and it's like, dude, you're literally doing the same thing again. Yeah. Like this is the same, almost the same song. And like the record industry has kind of been doing that. And now that we have developed AI, like you said, there is no uncanny valley anymore. Like that song is not a song that you would listen to and immediately. Yeah, think. that was in the background of like, you know, a fucking movie trailer. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know the difference. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's the thing too, like this isn't really new technology. Like it sounds crazy, but it's not. Like for uh, what was like the thing in Japan? They have the Hatsune Miku, mm-hmm. and it's like a it's a fake pop star. But like, how long is that a company? Going on? Uh, for fucking ever, uh, like a uh, basically like Sony or whoever the fuck like owns that property. They put out like a Logic or like a FL Studio, but it's with that voice. So like there's millions and millions of songs by this one artist, but it's like not from the artist itself. It's just from anyone who's bought that software. Well, especially with like, if you look at like K-pop, they like develop, they've been, we've been basically moving in this direction for so long that like, honestly, for since the beginning of fucking recorded music, when we would Mm -hmm. just find people that like fit a certain bill and go like, all right, here's what you're going to do. You're good looking. You can kind of sing, sing this song, this song, this song, this song, and you're a fucking pop star. And like with K-pop, especially, uh, I don't know as much about J-pop. I don't really know a lot about either uh, of the pops mm-hmm. in Asia. But like with K-pop, they literally take these these like kids and like 
if you ever like watch any of those documentaries about, I haven't watched them all the way through, but I've watched like bits and pieces of stuff where like they literally take these kids from like a very young age and just like send them to like fucking like pop star concentration camps and like develop them for like years and years and years and yeah, like it's, it's all insane. this shit. And like they're basically kind of programming people to be these pop stars. And now we've gotten to the point where like, I agree that this technology is not new. So this technology has been around since 2004. But so it, it's their Vocaloid software produced by Yamaha. But I feel like it's become a recent thing where it's gotten to the point of almost being indistinguishable. For sure. Like within the past year or so, I feel like we've started to see these like fake clips of people talking um, where like... It's like the president's playing Call of Duty or whatever the yeah, fuck. Yeah. And yeah. like that is definitely new. Well, yeah. that's new, and for a lot of that stuff, you can tell it's fake. It's kind of like with video games. It's like, yeah, we've had first-person shooters forever, but, like, only, you know... Honestly, I don't really... I don't play video games that much anymore, but I feel like, you know, there was such a jump between, like, the Nintendo 64 to, like, PlayStation 2 or whatever, mm -hmm. and now, like, I'm sure the graphics with video games now are just fucking insane, but, like... You know, it's gotten to the point now where it's not with video games, but with the, this thing, it's like it's gotten to the point now where you can actually kind of pass it off as like real music. Where I'm sure, like, yeah, yeah they, we've gone from a fucking flip phone to the iPhone yes. in this term mm -hmm. of like technology advancement. Which, which it's like, a, it kind of exposes, like I said before, just how already pre-programmed so much of this music is. Like, I genuinely, I still kind of, I, I don't know if there's like a plan to actually like. For this guy, I don't know if Drake and The Weeknd were in on this. I don't know. I feel like maybe, like, there's so many different possibilities of this where, like, this song was released supposedly by a guy who is completely unconnected with this other thing. And then, but then, like, it comes out that, like, actually Drake and The Weeknd were in on this project or whatever. I don't know how all this works. But all it's doing is exposing that, like, how kind of disposable so much of the, uh, shit we listen to is i mean mm -hmm. if you can literally just plug into a computer and be like yo because i genuinely think that uh i i i feel like this uh this that drake verse especially and even the weekend verse like if you study enough of drake's verses you can kind of get a vibe of like the kind of shit he's gonna say like and even like yeah that slaps and stuff it's like you can tell that this i in my opinion that there was this, this program that was going through like picking up aggregating modern slang aggregating 14 gigabytes of drake verses and just going like all right dude here we go what's with that blah 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 this shit slaps and you're like okay cool and then the weekend's like whatever he does in the fucking song and it's like and then you realize you're like oh wait that's kind of already what they do and now it's like okay you know is there i don't know is there a purpose like at what point do we just go full ai with music at that point you know, because if it's already this good now and already so much of our pop stars are just fucking just a vessel for the brand or the vessel for whatever bullshit is getting pumped through them. It's like we might just get to a point where pop stars are just fucking AI fucking shit. Well, and, and you know, I'm sure that's what the studios want at the end of the day, because, you know, you don't have to renegotiate a contract with a computer. You don't have to worry about them overdosing. You don't have to worry about them going to jail or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, unless you have AI Lamar Jackson. That's a con. <laughs> that's, that, that is programmed How to negotiate. How does it feel to be wrong uh, about the Lamar Jackson stuff? Hey. We'll get into it later. We'll get into it later. 
Just as a teaser. As a teaser. You've been so outspoken about, oh, he's going to leave us. (laughs) He's not a real leader. He hates the Ravens. (laughs) Lamar Jackson hates the Ravens, and I hate him. Oh, (laughs) we'll get into that. We'll get into that. You got five more years of that boy now. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say we'll see. Let's just say we'll see. We'll see. You calling in the Greeks? (laughs) We'll see. Um, no, but as far as this AI thing, I think that like, uh, I genuinely, <laughs> Jimmy's so flustered now. <laughs> flustered now. <laughs> Can't think about it. And then just the ghost of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> no, I, I, I totally have it on my notes and I do want to talk about it. Obviously. Obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that that really, I mean, to be honest, like, I don't really have much more to say about the artificial intelligence thing other than the th- the debate that I kind of had, the, the deeper, broader conversation, which is like, um, you know, is there, is there a time when, when, when like the AI gets so good at creating or, or can you program artificial intelligence to create like real art? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, well, and that's the thing too. Like, uh, in this situation, not in this direct situation, but like in a world where AI music gets so good, mm-hmm. I feel like it's still not going to be as good as man-made music, just because like there's still like it's like the difference between listening to a studio album and seeing a band live. Yeah. Like there's so much like more emotion in them playing it. There's like there's mistakes, but like they work. Mm-hmm. Like the the human error and that touch on music is almost, you know, as much of what makes music as, you know, making it good. Well, I was watching uh I can't recommend this Netflix series enough. Uh I thought you were just going to say, I can't recommend this Netflix series. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't watch this. (laughs) I can't recommend it. Um, No, Chimp Empire. Okay. Now, I love uh, animal documentaries. Mm -hmm. But more so than anything, I love uh, chimpanzees. I like... I was Those are my two favorite animals growing up. Chimps and tigers. Tigers because they just were dope. But chimps because... It's so interesting to study them because they are like our closest relatives. Mm -hmm. And then you see how they conduct their day-to-day lives. And like in this particular little mini series, docu-series, whatever you call it, they follow like this troop, this tribe of chimpanzees that lives in this jungle, in Gongo, Gungle, jungle. In Gongo, Gungle. In Gongo, Gungle. Oh, yeah, I've heard about the <laughs> I am AI Jimmy Selesky right now. <laughs> That's what we need to do. We just need to, like, we need to be able to take, like, six months off and just put out, like, straight up AI episodes. That'd be so funny. I feel like that'd be fairly easy to It'd do. It'd probably be so easy. <laughs> Fruits. Lamar. <laughs> Space. Um,. But like they they follow. I can't recommend and gungle gungle enough. <laughs> Wait, is this real? Are you guys listening to artificial intelligence right? <laughs> artificial unintelligence. <laughs> this computer is simulating a retarded man right now. 
It's like, no, they can't, it can't be an AI podcast. They're too stupid. <laughs> They're too stupid. This isn't even artificial intelligence. It's just a lack thereof. Um, no, so they follow this tribe of, of chimps in like some jungle in, I guess, Uganda, somewhere in Africa. And like so many, like they have like territorial wars and rivalries and like, you know, the way that the, the they like kind of like go about like grooming for them is a big thing. It's kind of like their way of like connecting and stuff. So mm-hmm. like they all try to like, there's, there's like a very, very like tangible hierarchy in the, in the troop and like everybody's trying to like work their way up, like trying to groom like a, a male that's like higher than them. And then if he mm-hmm. grooms them back and that means like they're in, but it, a lot of times they'll groom a male and he just like doesn't groom them back. And that means like you're a bitch still, like I'm still yeah. way better than you. You're not and a made man yet. Exactly. And it's like, it's like the mafia. You look at these things, like how they, like, like they, they, this rival. And that's tr- where the, I'll, I'll scratch your back. If you scratch mine comes from probably. Yeah. I guess maybe way back in the day I think that it came from the chimpanzees before we had invented back Down scratchers. In Gongo, <laughs> in Gongo, Gongo. <laughs> um, but like you, you see, like so much of so much of like the human experience when you when you see these same emotions and these same kind of tendencies being exhibited in other animals, we tend to think of the 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 uh, ex- the emotions that we feel or the thoughts that we think. As like what makes us human? Exactly. These we're human- not animals. Exactly. But when so really, these animals have more of a sense of community than we do. In a lot of ways, but also in a lot of ways. Look, I still stand by humans are the best animal. I oh, do yeah. truly like. People always want to talk about how humans. It's like never once has it ever crossed a dolphin's mind. Maybe I shouldn't do this thing because it might destroy my environment. Like, yeah, humans also destroy the environment, but we're probably the only species of animal that's ever even thought about that. Like, we're every other animal tries to fuck with shit as much as they possibly can to benefit themselves. Yeah, but we're at the top of the food chain, not, baby. Yeah, they exactly. can't do it like us. They can't do it like us. So we're the only animal that's ever had to step back and be like, wait, maybe we should chill a little bit, yeah. you know? A chimp hasn't thought that. I don't know. I don't think that they're worried about the fucking, their carbon emissions or whatever, you know? Mm. Well, they don't have any, and that's another point for humans, you know? Y'all don't even have carbon emissions. <laughs> Y'all don't even think about blowing a hole through the ozone. <laughs> Your biological footprint is a fucking weird handprint because you have monkey feet hands and stuff but it's like they do this shit and you all so much of human emotion is just intellectualized instinct like yeah we feel love chimps feel love chimps feel rivalries and social we feel all these things but then we like intellectualize it it's kind of the same principle we we made up a name for it that's why that's how you know we're smarter than them we gave it a thing you know we gave it a word we gave it a term we gave it an idea we put we yeah we we put a name to the fucking phenomenon but just like when we talk about science and stuff it's like we didn't invent gravity we just were the first animals to be like yo this thing happens and we're gonna call that gravity and now we're gonna attempt to explain why that happens that doesn't mean that other animals don't experience gravity and it doesn't mean that experiencing gravity is a uniquely human thing just because we're the only animals that actually understand it so like you look at these things and then that i'm bringing this back to the ai thing because it's like when you understand just how like innate all the the human experience is um and the just the the animal experience in general then it starts to beg the question like okay well could you could you program a computer algorithm or something like that to eventually get to the point where they can just 
they can take all those inputs and generate a similar experience or even generate some type of like conscious awareness or things like that. And so like anytime you see something like this, it's like, I, I honestly think that the one I, I like to believe that the one thing that uh, will never be able to be replicated by artificial intelligence is art and uh, true emotion. Because hmm. I think, I mean, like you can certainly like a computer might be able to like if you ask it to write a love song, it would be able to take all the billions of fucking poems and songs and everything that's ever been written about love movies and shit and, and, and synthesize it all and be like, take it all in and, and, and just spit out a fucking thing that just kind of like is an amalgamation of all those things, but it would never be able to put its own experience to it, which is what makes art art. Well, I don't know. I feel like it's like, I feel like, um, what I would add to that is like art only moves forward with human innovation. Like, I don't know if, if, cause like for creating AI art or music or whatever, you're still giving it a prompt of stuff it already knows. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say you're trying to, you know, make a fucking Renaissance style fucking painting of whatever. Mm-hmm. You can give an AI certain terms to, you know, put out a perfect thing, exactly what you're thinking of, better than anything you could, you could commission or whatever. Yeah. But if you wanted, like, a new style of art or, like, whatever, like, I don't think it could be doing that. Like, in fucking 2008, an, a robot didn't make dubstep. Yeah. Skrillex did. Yeah. <laughs> Dead mouse. We got robots. To Human sing innovation. With the original robot voices, which were like, exactly. Um, but okay, now I'm kind of back. Now I'm kind of backtracking on my own idea. Plug. Check out Backtrack by Sophomore. Just release. We're uh, gonna hit it big any day now. I can feel it. Just kidding. Just not kidding though. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, now I'm thinking like, okay, in a way, all of evolution. And when you talk about evolution. That doesn't only apply to life and animals and biology, but it also applies to anything, the evolution of language. Like Liv was like asking me the other night when we were watching this documentary that I cannot recommend enough. Um, she was like, wait, so did we like come from monkeys or like how come some how come some evolved and some didn't? And then I was like, you know, obviously as the boyfriend, I got to know these answers, bro. Yeah. I gotta give an answer. I can't just be like well, something oh, like a yeah. monkey shit on a pangolin at a wet market or something. <laughs> well, that's, and that's yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how we got COVID supposedly. Yeah. Um. But in this situation, I was like, well, the best way I can think of it is like, okay, so we didn't evolve from chimps. We okay, we had like a common ancestor that was like some fucking thing. No animals that were more recent than like 10,000 years ago, get like real names. They all have scientific names. You have to be like slightly still popping to get like a normal name, you know? To get a nickname. To get a nickname, you know? If you were were around 200,000 years ago, you're like fucking homo erectus or something. You don't get to be like, oh, that's a fucking himpan zoo, you know? You got to get like the stupid name or the cool name or the scientific name. And so like, you know, basically you look at like, okay, where do chimps live? Chimps live in the jungle, very 
hot climate, lots of insects and bugs, very densely, you know, forestation, trees and shit like that. So like if you took the same thing that and then humans evolved kind of in like the sub-Saharan, like um, I guess kind of like the grasslands or whatever, the savannas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we that same ape ancestor, when it was placed in the uh, savannas and stuff, well, okay, it's very open and like it's hot as fuck, dude. And so like probably that's why we lost all our hair because we were like, we don't need that. Like if you look at like a lot of the African animals that live in like uh, – the open, they don't have a lot of hair. Rhinos don't have that much hair. Mm-hmm. Elephants, not that much hair. Hippopotamuses, not that much hair. You know, the cats haven't caught on yet, but like they're getting there. You know, but they're but, all like, like short hair. They're all short hair. They're not like long, fluffy, dual coat. Exactly. Animals. And I'm thinking of this as I'm going here, but I'm thinking like you could think of so many examples of animals, mammals that lost their hair because it wasn't beneficial. Whales. 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 I mean, (laughs) dolphins. I mean, come on. The list goes on, I think. I don't know. I can't name any more animals. (laughs) But the list does go on. I guarantee it. And so, like, we lost our hair. We didn't really have a need to be able to, like, climb shit. What, are we going to climb the one fucking tree in the middle of the goddamn... No. So we developed into being able to have like musculature and a physicality for endurance. And so the way we used to hunt was called persistence hunting. We would just jog after a like a fucking herd of antelope or whatever and just keep jogging. Boom, 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 boom. And the antelope would be like, what the fuck are these guys doing? They'd let us get a little close. And then when we got a little too close, they sprint away. And we were just like, all right, man, we're just going to keep going, baby. No shit, no shit. We're doing it. Boom. Eventually, as the animal the animal we're chasing just gets more and more exhausted from stopping, sprinting, stopping, sprinting, he lets us get a little bit closer every time before he's like, all right, fuck it. Eventually, we get close enough we can hit him with a spear. Yeah. Persistence hunting. So we developed musculature where our muscles attach. Like, chimps aren't that much bigger than us, but the reason they're three times stronger than us is because their muscles attach at a different place. So, like... They might have similar size muscles. They are bigger than us. They have bigger muscles, I think, still. But like, well, and they're shorter too. And yeah, on short people, muscles always look bigger. Oh, of course we know. That's my yeah. that's been my excuse for my bench press forever. Exactly. Dude. That's that's biological, you know. Mm-hmm. And so their muscle, instead of attaching here at the bicep, like we could have the same size bicep. If it attaches here to pull up my arm, it's pulling up my arm from here. That's not a lot of leverage. Now imagine it attaches here instead. Now I got weight. The same amount of pressure, the same amount of force can lift three times as much. That's how chimps develop. So their muscles were, but it's also not good for endurance or anything like that. So like you take the same fucking thing, you put it in a different situation and nature is just throwing everything at it. Okay, how about this fucking dude with the fucking this genes and then he dies off in fucking one year, you know? And then eventually if you throw enough of one thing that works, or just you keep throwing shit out there, the stuff that works, like they say, throwing shit against the wall, seeing what sticks. That's pretty much nature's MO. Mm-hmm. So like in the jungle, it was like, dude, apes with long hair and short stubby bodies where their fucking feet can grab onto shit and climb and they're super strong and can fucking move through trees and stuff, that's going to benefit them there. So humans didn't evolve there from that same thing. And the example I used was um, language. Spanish, French, Latin or Spanish, French, Italian, Romanian, and Portuguese are all called the Romance languages because they came from Latin, which is now a pretty much dead language outside the Vatican City. People spoke Latin in Western Rome because the Eastern Rome, they spoke Greek, the Byzantine Empire. They kept it real. 
Western Rome, they were speaking Latin. But when you're speaking Latin over here, versus when you're speaking Latin over here, they didn't have the fucking internet. They're not. They didn't have fucking cars and planes and shit. Like if you lived over here, you probably were never gonna go over there ever. Mm-hmm. So just like accents are built. I mean, we have fucking a different accent than people in New York. We live three hours away by car. It's like you know. So like eventually, people start going into their own sphere, talking, 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 and eventually accents become dialects and at a certain point a dialect becomes a completely different language to the point where french you can you can still you can listen to somebody speak french and then listen to somebody speak spanish or even better example is listen to somebody speak spanish and listen to italian and you can tell that they're rooted in the same thing but you couldn't if you're if you're a spanish speaker you couldn't have a full conversation with an italian guy mm-hmm. but that all rooted from the same language so like i guess this long drawn out diatribe here circling back to ai is like in a way Mm-hmm. that's all evolution is it's like you just put somebody in a situation and then like okay so like renaissance period for instance with the art okay so you're in the renaissance period and there's a certain type of like there, like there. The, i would say 10 percent of people or maybe even less than that 10 percent of people are wave makers and 90 the other 90 percent are wave riders meaning that every single artistic innovation or any single innovation in anything uh, I honestly, 10% is generous. I would always be willing to say 1% to 99, but who knows? So you have people that when Renaissance style was first like kind of like come up with somebody did that first thing, you had another 100,000 people or whatever that were all like, oh, this is a stunner. Let me do that. So in a way, that's no different than artificial intelligence, just replicating what it already sees. If you're just some artist that's not really developing his own style and you're just like, yo, this is what works. You see it all the time. You see people like with music, it's like ASAP Rocky comes out with LSD and then, you know, 16 other fucking people that you know that are rappers come out with a song that sounds exactly like it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, so you're basically AI. Yeah. You're basically just generating based off of what you saw succeeding. So it's like, okay, so in that way, it's like uh, um, not any different than a computer program, you know? But then you go, okay, so... Think of nature as a computer program. Nature's going, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to have all kinds of genetic mutations. If you keep on fucking somebody that's too close to your genetics, you're going to die off in breeding because all of nature is dependent on the idea that we're going to take genetics that are just different enough so that we can have all these different genetic variations so that one of them will work. And then when an, when that person goes on to the next generation, he mates and then spreads that gene down. And then eventually, all of a sudden, just like with dog breeds, you know, it takes seven generations. You go boom, 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 boom. And then boom. Now you have a new breed of dog because you've just eradicated all those other genes from that other, oh, you know, golden retriever. No, we want dogs with spots and we want this. Now we got to fucking Dalmatian, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like in that way, when you really get into it, it is such a difficult uh, thing to kind of distinguish the difference between just a computer program simulation type thing and the conscious experience of being human or anything that exists that has a consciousness it's like this thing walks that uncanny valley which makes you question like am i literally just a fucking simulation am i literally just something that's just taking inputs and responding to them based off the fucking program that's already in me like you know i don't know you know who knows? The weekend knows. What's with that? What's with that? Um, speaking of what's with that topics, I actually have more topics this week than ever in history. Really? I do. I do. Keep them coming, I guess. Um, 
We were on AI for a minute. We were. We were. We really were. Uh, supposedly. I was on fucking Yeah. Monkeys. Well, we were just reading off the script from uh, ChatGPT. <laughs> so. I actually don't know how long Chat ChatGPT, give me a 15-minute nonsensical rant about <laughs> chimpanzees. <laughs> Done. ChatGPT, um... Talk, let's talk about Lamar Jackson <laughs> signing a five-year deal for the Ravens. Oh, here we go. All right. Okay. I can get into Lamar. I'll do that. Um, uh, I don't have, really have much to say to this about this because when I'm when I'm wrong about something, I'm like, why would I dwell on it? You know, why would I talk about something for an extended period of time when it's embarrassing? Um, uh, Lamar is going to stay in Baltimore. Um, I said for a long time that I did not believe he would. In that case, I am coming here uh, to apologize to the LFTS community. <laughs> that does not represent who I am. That is not what Live from the Studio is about. And I was wrong. However... You knew I wasn't just going to give a straight up. Come on, <laughs> bruh. Come on. Gravel. I'm just buttering you up. Just <laughs> buttering you up to accept this alternate premise. My main contention with Lamar was always about mostly the leader thing. Uh, the fact that he got signed to this deal does not disprove that. Um I never, and you could go back to the podcast and listen to the most recent time we talked about him, which I think was like a couple episodes, a few episodes ago at this point, maybe four or five. Um, I never was really, I, I said that I didn't necessarily personally believe that he was worth um, the amount of money he wanted. Um, but I also, in that same sentence, that same paragraph, if you will, said that also my opinion as it pertains to that is irrelevant because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. The only opinion I really ever gave about uh, Lamar Jackson, the main opinion I gave was that the way he handled this situation was disgraceful. And I stand by that. Yes, he got signed. Uh, we talked about that when he requested a trade a, uh, a couple episodes ago. We were saying like it's very unlikely that that he's going to wind up getting signed, and it, most people didn't think that this was going to happen. It came, kind of came out as a surprise to everybody, um, but there's still we allowed for a possibility when we talked about it. So he's signed. Um, I'm still interested to see, like we discussed last time, how this when he plays the season, how he's going to be received. Because I think that because of the way he handled the situation. Uh, he turned off a lot of uh, fans. I do believe that. And that was really my main point. I mean, like, I didn't come on here acting like I'm fucking, you know, Skip Bayless or like whoever the fucking ESPN Sports Network guys who are sitting here discussing logistics of contracts. I barely know the difference between guaranteed money and fucking, you know, 200. He's got a contract for 250 million with 185 guaranteed. And all I can think is like, well, if you get a contract for 250 isn't 250 guaranteed like i don't fucking know the difference i never yeah, claim to be I the guy it was a contract yeah, i thought there's a contract <laughs> it's just a fucking like a wish list now at this point like all right we guarantee 185 but it'd be sweet it would be sweet if you got 250 like i don't fucking know no. whatever you know it's like so like i don't ever claim and never have claimed to know all the ins and outs of that the only thing i ever said was i don't think he's a leader i stand by that uh 
And the reason I don't think he's a leader is because of the way he handled this situation. And I stand by that. So he's back. Look, I'm a Ravens fan, baby. And you know what? At the end of the day, Ravens ain't paying my fucking bills. They ain't getting me any closer to reaching my goals. So I root for them because they represent my city. And that's where I that's where I leave it. You know, look, I'm not gonna fucking sit here and root against Lamar or root against the Ravens. I want the Ravens to succeed. I'm a I'm a I'm a Ravens fan more than I am a Lamar Jackson hater. Because I'm not a Lamar Jackson hater. I just didn't I just didn't dig the way he handled it, you know? So look, he's back. That's great. Look, just like a couple months ago we were saying it's very you know, he requested a trade, it's pretty much signed in stone that he's not gonna be here next season. And now he's here. So, you know. That quickly, you could see something happen where he's traded. And I'm not saying I want that or I don't want that, but I'm just saying, like, it's a fucking million do- billion dollar business. This shit happens. This shit unhappens. Goes all over the boards. If you are a person who is happy that Lamar Jackson is staying, then I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Jimmy's just pissed that he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But I got, I got, I got, look, I got three months of, of gloating and, and, and grandstanding out of this whole ordeal. Oh, I'll yeah. take it. I'll take it. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'll take it. You know, whatever, dude. People are allowed to be wrong. And you know what? If I, <laughs> look, look. Look, this is the first time people are allowed to be wrong. <laughs> look. Is it illegal to be wrong? I'm sorry. Sue me. I didn't think he was coming back. He is coming back. I'm wearing a goddamn Baltimore Ravens jacket. That's about the that's about the extent of my investment in the goddamn franchise at the at the at the uh, contract table. I don't negotiating table. I don't fucking know, you know. So look, I'd rather be wrong about this than anything that actually matters, which I've been wrong about that stuff too. But nobody's called me out so blatantly as I have been today by my own other host. And to that I say, what's with that? What's with that? What's with that, bro? Coming well, from my mean, throat, live on the air. Listen, live from the studio. I had to, you know, I had to make the first episode of What's with that a, <laughs> yeah. a good one. You yeah, know what I mean, you gotta set the record straight. I feel you. Yeah. Um. In other, you got any What's with that news, dude? No, but really speeding past this one, huh? <laughs> really speeding past the Lamar topic. I mean, what I know saying? you said you had a lot of topics, so I'll let it slide. What what's with say? that? <laughs> what do you fucking want me to say, dude? Clearly, I am not the place you need to go. <laughs> clearly, for, I am not going to say I was wrong. For Lamar news. <laughs> and clearly, I'm not going to sit here and dwell on being wrong. <laughs> I'm probably just going to cut this segment out anyway. Who cares? <laughs> what's with that? <laughs> what's with that? <laughs> um, another what's with that news. I got a lot of what's with that. And I, I didn't realize, but that is literally... <laughs> that is all the topics you have. all the topics is what's with that. <laughs> Notably, I didn't have Lamar in here. <laughs> Conveniently left that Conveniently. out. Omitted that topic from the what's with that list. Interesting, interesting. Very interesting. We'll figure out what's with that next week on <laughs> yeah. the pod. Um, okay. Uh, first, we're gonna go in order of 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 inconsequentiality to consequentiality here. Uh, first, what's with that? Uh, least important. Speeding corridors. Have you ever heard of a speeding corridor? Speeding corridor. I feel like I've heard that phrase before. Mm-hmm. Is that just like active areas where people speed? It is basically similar to a speeding camera, 
but the way it works is instead of just being like one singular point that measures your speed at that point, what it does is it marks your time when you pass one and then it checks in on you like however many long, I don't know, a a mile, I don't know how long it is, but then it's another marker there. And then if your average speed over that course was like enough to get you a speeding camera ticket, you'll get hit with the speeding corridor ticket. Damn, where the fuck are those? Moco, baby. Montgomery Moco. County. I was driving home from Gaithersburg. I had to I had to take a different route route, I don't know, route home. Um to because I had to get gas. I was on like literally empty. Mm-hmm. I went up cash apping some other classic Gaithersburg guy, eleven dollars, so that he could or he cash apped me eleven dollars because he needed to buy a pack of cigarettes. So I was like, this is Moco as fuck, baby. <laughs> and so then I got myself I looked at the gas price. I saw it was like a little higher than we pay back in the States. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to get myself enough to get home and I'll fill up when I get back. Because it's like that now, baby. And um, so I filled up. I'm taking this alternate route home and I'm driving. What You know, I, I'm looking out for like where I think would be a speeding. I don't see any of the classic telltale signs of a speeding camera. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just cruising and I'm not even going. And also, fast. you're being fuel efficient. I'm being fuel efficient. I'm trying, you know, I got I got one gallon of gas. I got to make it an hour, you know, let's yeah. make it happen. So, uh, you know, and then out of nowhere, I just see a flash right behind me. And I'm, I look back, there's no speeding camera. There's nothing. And I'm like, did somebody just like flicker their high beams at me? I'm the only one on the road. It had to be me. And then so the next day I wake up and I'm like, what was that? And like, I'm looking up like speeding camera locations and there's only like 13 in the whole county. And I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm looking like, was there one on Ridge Road? Because that was what I was taking back. None on Ridge Road. And then I see this other subsection that says speeding corridor locations. Mm. And literally all of Montgomery County is a gigantic speeding corridor. God damn. And so I I'd never heard of this concept before. And I look at it and I discover what it is. And I'm like, wow, that is like, I would venture to say almost borderline. I mean, look, in terms of getting somebody for speeding, that is the better way to do it. Yeah, because once you that's figure a, out, that's yeah. an easier way. Yeah, that's a more foolproof system than the camera itself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ingenious. I mean, think of like if eighty three was like that. Think of yeah. like if instead of well, it's almost like the instead of like having a a toll, like when you're like going into Delaware, there's a toll. It's like the Jersey Turnpike, mm-hmm. where you go in at one point and leave at one point. And they calculate how much you owe based on entry and exit. Yeah. Yeah. And and similar to, I guess, how they do it on like, you know, in Florida, they have like the sun pass thing and you pay. Mm-hmm. Till. So it's a, it's an established technology. And imagine if like if 83, instead of having like the three speeding cameras on the way down from 695 to uh, the end of it, it's like. Yeah, there's a finish line and a. Yeah. Could you <laughs> yeah. Have, yeah. And just how many <laughs> tolls starting, you've racked yeah. up over the course. Jesus Christ. Like it, it, it it's way more efficient. But as a driver. It's, yeah, way more scummy. It sucks, dude. <laughs> basically, it's like it's basically saying like if they had it on eighty three, it's like all right, dude, we we clocked you in entering at uh six off of six ninety five, and then once you cross Fayette Street, got on got into downtown, like you made it in this amount of time, and that was too fast. Yeah, there's no way fast. you could you have made done it 10 that. Ten seconds quicker than an average fifty five, and then you get a ticket. It's like that's fucking. I mean, look, again, I can't argue against it because in reality, it is one of the innovations. It's, like, it's definitely it's almost a, more fair than a speeding ticket. Way more fair. 
it's way more fair both ways. Also, more bullshit. <laughs> it's way more <laughs> because bullshit. you can't fight that in court. Speeding corridors is <laughs> you one. You cannot the- <laughs> fight a speeding corridor ticket. Yeah, I took a shortcut. Yeah, what like the fuck? it's just it is it is wild because it's one of the few things in yeah, life. Actually, that daylight is- savings kicked in as I was driving <laughs> that road, so that's why I made the hour cut in time. It is. It is just. It is literally. You know the the one of the few things in life that is way better and way shittier at the same time. Yeah, what because the fuck? a speeding camera really is a money grab. Because yeah. anybody who's driven down that street more than once knows where that camera is. They're gonna speed the other ninety nine point nine percent of that road outside of where they know that camera is. Everybody comes to a slow slow passing that and then goes back to speeding again. And it's yeah. like that is the most textbook just money grab because the government knows that too. Mm-hmm. They know that people aren't going to be fucking driving safely for 20 miles down 83 or 10 miles down 83 when there's they everybody who drives down to downtown more than once knows it's there yeah. there and there. And especially when it's like when you're driving and no one else is out. Mm-hmm. When you're not being a a danger to anyone, I feel like I feel like maybe those corridors should be active. Well, no, yeah, it should be active when there's traffic and people walking around and shit. Mm-hmm. But if it's like in the middle of the night, who the fuck cares if you're going an extra couple miles an hour? Here's here's a good pitch for AI. Why not have flexible speed limits based on the time of day? Like we're yeah. talking about. Like Yeah, dude, the same way Waze can calculate mid your like car trip. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit. Rerouting. If you go this way, you save five minutes. Yeah. Why can't you just do that with fucking speed or? It's like yeah, anything. Like during the day, this road is like a lot of traffic. It's school zone, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then at night, you can go fifteen miles faster. There's nobody on the fucking road. It's one a.m. You can go. You're getting home. What are you doing? You know, like that would be. But they'll never do that. No, they'll never do that. Yeah, speeding speeding corridors. Uh, I don't even know if I got got with it. I haven't checked my mail. I'm afraid to check. I my feel mail. like yeah, speeding corridors should mean like you pay an extra two bucks to get on this and go faster. That's what a speeding corridor should be. Yeah. I think they have the express lanes for that, but I yeah. think I think that that should be like everything. Like that should you be everywhere. That should be on York Road. There should toll. be a speeding corridor, <laughs> yeah, middle lane where you just go fast as <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck. <laughs> the shared turn lane, you just blast yeah. down it. <laughs> um, you mind dropping a couple of sponsors? I'm gonna take a whiz real quick. Yeah, uh, coming this August to Oregon Ridge. Check out the Hot August Music Festival. Not an official sponsor of LFTS Podcast. The Hot Audience Music Festival is an all-day, family-friendly, all-ages music festival with uh, your favorite uh, all-genre-bending musicians. We've got people like, insert artist here, and insert artist here, coming to stages, big and small, for all to see. Uh, I think one of the big sponsors this year is... Union Craft Brewing. And they're going to be brewing up something special for you guys out there this August. So stay cool drinking a Union Brew out at Oregon Ridge at the Hot August Music Festival, everybody. We'll see you there. We'll see you there. Me and Jimmy will be there. We'll be there signing autographs, kissing babies. Uh, I'll probably be taking some pictures. And it should just be, you know, an overall fun time. 
and August, I think it's weed's going to be legal. So who knows? Who knows what will happen at the Hot August Music Festival? There's going to be a special tent for kids to vape uh, and then another tent for adults to do blinkers, uh, you know, because you can't do those around the kids. But come on out to the Hot August Music Festival. We'll see you there, buddies. How's that piss? Uh, it was good. It was a good piss. Was it hot? It was hot. Hot May piss. Nothing like it. It is May. It's kind of fucked up. Yeah, it is it's weird. May 1st today. It is weird. It is uh, substantially... Uh, my watch broke. That sucks. And Ooh. it always tells me the day. And I woke up this morning. I was like, what the fuck? The it's fuck? May 1st? It's April 32nd. <laughs> <laughs> Shitty fucking watch, dude. Um, let's see. What's up with that? Uh, What's minor up thing, with that? Minor thing. Um, this is really small. This is just a very small side away as it pertains to music. Guys, if you're making a music biopic, or is it biopic? I don't know. I think, I think it's bio- biopic. Biopic sounds better. Biopic sounds like an like a fucking. Yeah, it sounds like a medical operation thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, biopsy. You That's don't, why it sounds medical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't need to make it the title of one of their songs. Some of them make sense. What's with that? Like, like there are certain ones where it makes sense. Where like, okay, you have a queen. Uh, and their biopic was called Bohemian Rhapsody. I get that. I get that. Like, that kind of makes sense. Like, yeah, Queen definitely was doing like a very different style of music. Um, I've never been a huge, huge fan of them, but I do respect their musicality or and I like some of their music. But, you know, the idea of like a Bohemian Rhapsody, that very well does kind of uh, cap like capture the uh the kind of like vibe of queen like mm-hmm. it was kind of like this very interesting like rhapsody of bohemianness bohemia um then you have like elton john's which was called uh rocket man that's a little bit of a stretch i guess you could be like yeah man he was this guy who like you know he just took off he made it rocket man and you're like okay luckily the elvis one was just called elvis yeah we'll see but i think he had a song called elvis probably (laughs) i don't know (laughs) he had a self-titled ep (laughs) just a self-titled song yeah (laughs) ep just is my new single elvis by me elvis um no that's a good one um motley crew didn't do it they had the dirt Mm -hmm. which is not a name of their song but the name of the book that Nikki six wrote about their experience Love that. I watch that every six months to get pumped up to be in a band um, and just watch a bunch of ex- things that I never experienced happen. Um, but the new one with Whitney Houston, I want to dance with somebody. Why? Why? You might as well just call it I Will Always Love You. Just pick a fucking song. How yeah. will I know? I like, guess because I Will Always Love You... I don't know. Doesn't that like have some weird negative connotations to it because Bobby Brown was like an abuser? See, it's like but, a song about like I'll always love you. I didn't even. I didn't even, even know you beat my ass. So there's two things. First of all, I didn't even think of that angle. I was I was pitching that as just another ridiculous title. But honestly, it would be a better title because so much of her legend was 
you know, dying in a bathtub. Yeah. And tainted by her whole relationship with Bobby Brown, which is like, yeah, I will always love you and talking about how she was in this abusive relationship and mm-hmm. like she still loved him and stayed with him. Like that would honestly be a better title for the movie. Yeah, probably. Um, also, but that song was originally written uh, by Dolly Parton and by an AI and by AI, AI Dolly Parton. <laughs> um, but I want to dance with somebody like at, at a certain point. It's just like, dude, just name the fucking movie like, I don't know, Whitney or Whitney Houston, a singer's tale. I don't know anything. <laughs> a singer's tale. I don't know. It's just like why there's just this thing that I see going on where it's like you don't have to do that, which leads me to my next point in the same point. Disney I mean, to be fair, naming shit is hard. Naming shit is hard, but like when in doubt, just call it what it is. I mean, honestly, we let an AI write the name of our podcast. We kind of did. We What's do with have that. <laughs> What's with that? <laughs> we do kind of very much have the most AI generated yeah. podcast name that somehow nobody. It was so simple, nobody thought of it ever. Yeah, no one thought it live from the studio. Artificial intelligence. <laughs> we had to bring real human unintelligence to the table to come up with this name that works so well. Um, but it's just, it's like the the other thing. And speaking of movies is I was thinking about this after being existing on Twitter for any amount of time. Disney live-action movies, everyone gets caught up in, oh, this character shouldn't have been played by this person because this character was this and that person's that, blah, 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 all this shit. Has anyone stopped to consider that literally, at least as far as I can recall, not a single Disney live-action movie is has made been... made for adults. Or, or <laughs> has been good. Or no, yeah, better than the original. Terrible. They've not a sing. I have never heard these they're, are words. They're going direct to Disney Plus now because they're so bad. You words, people. You will never things people never said. Mm-hmm. Uh, yo, yeah, the original was good, but you gotta watch the live action. It was so much better. It was it just really like the live action Lion King better than the original. The live action Little Mermaid better than the original. The live action whatever they have. It's Jungle like, Book and they're fucking just unnecessary. Everything. It's like the literally the only thing people ever talk about when it comes to these is the casting. Mm-hmm. People get in these debates about this that. It's like yeah, it's an obnoxious conversation. But then you realize at the end of the day, it's just Disney just rehashing their old shit and repackaging it in like a, well, now it's live action. It's like, it all sucks. Nobody actually gives a shit about that movie. Whenever people think about The Lion King, you're thinking about the original Lion King. When you watch The Jungle Book, you're watching James Earl Jones, baby. So what are we doing? It's just unnecessary. It's unnecessary, dude. They need to stop. Disney needs to fucking... (laughs) They gotta stop making all this money. You need to stop. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, like... The the live action versions of the Disney movies are basically like early AI generated art. <laughs> like they're not good. <laughs> they're yeah. really bad. They're not. I and looked. I feel like they waited a while to do it so the technology could get there. But like they should have waited a little longer. There's no. There's like I get that. Like a lot of the original Disney movies were just like animations of like old folk tales. Anyway. Like Cinderella, you know, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure was like already a thing. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping and Beauty, and Snow whatever. White, probably. Fantasia. All those things. So Disney kind of has always been doing that. But like once you've done it once, it's like now you're just, so your entire corporation is just retelling the same story over and over again. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like the only one that I would be excited to see is a live-action Hercules. I would totally watch that. I was going to say that. Yeah. I was going to well, say Because the thing is, like, you can't do fucking... You can't do a... What's the movie where the dogs eat spaghetti? They, um, they, they made the that a real-life movie. You don't make a Lady in the Tramp movie. How do you... Because there's no people main characters. I kind of understand Jungle Book, at least, because you have the fucking little kid. Yeah. But, like, yeah, Lion King is so stupid to do. Like, they picked all the hardest the ones hardest to do ones. live action. The hardest ones. They're, they're saying they're live action movies, but it's all just, like, computer animated animals. Lilo and Stitch? How are yeah. you going to live action Stitch? Yeah. Who's playing Stitch? Danny DeVito? Who's fucking playing I mean, Stitch? that would be good. I mean, that would be... <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be honestly good. Yeah. But, like... I mean, and, and here's the thing. Like, I'm sure people are up in arms on that, because I saw that get announced, but I feel like that's an even better... That's a better story to make live action than fucking, like, what they have already done, The Lion King. Like... Yeah. Why the fuck would you redo The Lion King with real animals? It's just it's a sad it's a sad thing because you see all these classic tales. Just I mean, getting... even the Aladdin one, where it's like you're not you you can't have Robin Williams as the genie; he's dead. Yeah, that's what made the movie so good. And he's icon. That's like they they're in the words of Joey Diaz. Is there nothing sacred anymore? Like, why is it? Because you know, as much as we can be like, yo, yeah, this movie is just a movie. It's a fictional story. Stop being so hung up on it. And it's like, okay, great. But at the same time, these same people make entire careers and billions of dollars by putting these stories out that become part of the culture. And then they rape it and then squeeze it out for everything it's worth and then taint the original thing. Like I watched The Great Gatsby a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. and not a terrible movie, not great, I do like Leonardo DiCaprio in general. Um, the mid Gatsby. Yeah, it was. It was literally like, like they're playing. Like I don't know if you've seen it. No. But basically, like it takes place obviously in like the twenties mm-hmm. in like New York City, like outside of New York and stuff. But they're playing like modern music and shit. Like they're oh, playing God. like Jay Z and shit. Yeah. And this movie was made in twenty thirteen, so I think that was kind of like when they started doing shit like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. And it it just it was like you're kind of. Like, what gives you, this one guy, the right to take this story and completely shit on it by, like, kind of tainting it with this, like, modern edge? It's like, dude, the movie took place in 1920. If you're having a party scene, you shouldn't be playing some fucking, like, Katy Perry song. You shouldn't. It should be a 20s song. But also, it's like, that could have been fun if that was the first time they did that. But now we're 10 years after the fact and other people are still like mimicking that formula. That's what makes it bad, in my opinion. Was it was it new when they did it in 2013, though? Maybe. Because maybe I should have watched it when it first came out and maybe I would have been more appreciative of it. Maybe I would have been like, it. damn, that's sick. Because they did a lot of that like They flew Jay-Z shit. back to the 20s. <laughs> like They did a lot of that shit, like Project X style stuff where they're at the mm-hmm. party and they have like the freeze frames the guys like drinking and stuff. It's like, yeah, when we were that age, it was cool. Yeah. But now it's like you know, now that we've made it long past there and realized that that was never going to be any of our experience at parties ever. Um, like I wonder maybe that, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. It's like, if I'm watching a movie about like, uh, like if I'm watching a movie about like the fucking, uh, Trojan war, I don't want to hear like fucking 
Jay-Z. You know, like fucking like, I don't want to hear like some like Taylor Swift song during a love scene when fucking Achilles is making out with fucking Queen Penelope. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's but what like, if they do the Westworld thing where they do like old time saloon piano renditions of a modern day song? Because that shit was kind of sick when that, when that came out in Westworld. Westworld. I haven't seen Westworld. I that at least sounds mildly more tolerable, mm-hmm. but I, I still kind of lean towards the like. I don't get why they feel the need to do it, other than that they look at it as like some like way of like putting their own mark on the story. And I do think, like I said, some things are sacred, and some things are like. Certain stories that have been so, like, pivotal in American culture and these classic literary tales, like, if you're going to direct that movie, then if you want to do an honest and and respectful recreation of that movie that puts you in the time and place, then that's your prerogative. But the second you start going like, yeah, F. Scott Richfield... F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote this movie or wrote this book, but like I'm some random director who's never going to have another movie come out again, but I'm just going to fucking take this monumental story that people literally read in, in school and just completely put my own fucking spin on it. And it's like, what gives you the right to do that, dude? You know what you can put a spin on? Your own fucking movie. How about you take a goddamn story out of your own goddamn head and put and put your whatever spins you want on that and see if it flies. But the second you start going like, oh, it's like the same thing conversation we might probably had, or I think we did, about like the Scooby-Doo thing. It's like, at a certain point, it becomes like, it's like, yeah, I get it. You're trying to like take an old, you're trying to like put your own spin, but it's like, okay, but... If you're gonna, if it, you're so concerned about your individual touch as an artist, then just make your own story. You yeah. know, if I was sitting here just doing like, yeah, dude, we're sophomore. We just recorded a cover album where we're just putting our own touch on "Stairway to Heaven" and "American Pie" and fucking "All Along the Watchtower" and all these other classic songs that are fucking so classic and don't need to be redone. It's like, all right, man, write your own goddamn song at a certain point. Yeah. It's like, what gives you the right to just fucking be the guy who does that? You know. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking, I don't fuck with it, dude. I do not fuck with it, you know? And it's, I, I you know, like, like you fucking passion of the Christ. It's like, oh, let's fucking, you know, how about we just play a fucking uh, Ed Sheeran song during the crucifixion? No, no. How about no? I want to hear some fucking chanting. I want to, oh, because that's what they would have been listening to back then. Mm-hmm. There would have been somebody in the background fucking hymning. Well, hymning. my problem with that movie is that, uh, you know, the Bible's, it's uh you know was written by such scholars that why even why need to make a movie about it mel gibson you didn't even well you're trying to ooh i'm better than god it is you're not better than god mel gibson man god wrote this story god man. wrote the god bible wrote it. yeah god god it's pretty good job but i'll take it from here yeah i'll take it from here <laughs> what's with that what's with that What's at that? Um, let's see. I think we got time for one more. Yeah, what else that? has been bugging you? Well, real quick, shouts out to Jerry Springer. He died. Yeah, shouts out. Shouts out to his death. Um, but for real, though. Iconic, iconic man. Iconic man. Um, I would watch him a lot 
We would watch Jerry Springer a lot as a family. Yeah, the original kind of reality television, if you mm-hmm. think about it. I mean, that was like the original. Amazing. Really reality television. And uh, so, yeah, shout out to him. I got nothing to say bad about him. Um, let's see. Other things. Uh, briefly, you know, obviously, you know, you got to talk about Tuck, Tuck, Tucker Carlson getting fired from Fox News. Oh, and um, then Don Lemon. At the same time. Same time, same day. And nobody's thinking there's some weird backroom deals. It's and like no one's thinking they're the same guy. <laughs> I've never seen Tucker Carlson and Don Lemon in the same room. That's all and I'm saying. And they got fired at the same time. They're or what if they're both AI? What if they're the same robot? And that one <laughs> robot got fired. <laughs> Look, I don't understand why the, like this is this is another thing that gets me. It's like these like okay, so CNN was Don Lemon, Tucker was Fox News. Um Tucker, when I say Tucker was Fox News, Uh, Don Lemon was just a guy on CNN because they have like fucking Brian Steltzer and like a bunch of other people and shit. Al Sharpton's got a show on there. I'm pretty sure Brooke something. Maybe I don't know. I haven't watched CNN in so long. Um, And I also don't really watch Fox News out. I do. I did occasionally watch Tucker Carlson because I thought that uh, he was pretty solid as a dude. Um, I just thought it was so funny that he lied on national television and uh, got fired. (laughs) (laughs) Look, the thing with Tucker Carlson is uh, when those when those when the text came out, when he was calling all of his audience stupid (laughs) and gullible, when they that was hilarious. Look, I'm not going to lie. I think there is a certain like I think there has been a certain uh, mischaracterization of of how he handled the situation. And I'm not going to lie. This is me putting my own balls on the table here. I was receptive to the idea that something fishy was going on with that election. I was receptive to it. And I actually, uh, now I never became one of the like guy because at, at a certain point, it's like at a certain point, you just get to a point where people like, Keep saying there's going to be this, there's going to be that. Okay, there's going to be a recount. Happen. You got to donate to me so and we can it, do a yeah. recount. And it's like, yeah, but you're just a grifter. Yeah. So like, <laughs> as far as the whole like actual physical switching of votes, I don't think that happened at least in the way they describe it. Um, however, you know, I think there's a very valid point to be made that like when you have all of big tech and all of corporate media actively censoring any news stories that affect the Biden campaign and actively pushing any news stories that uh, would would hurt the Trump campaign, you could make the argument that like, well, they're obviously like, it wasn't like people weren't physically changing votes, but when you're hiding certain information and pushing other information to influence people's uh, uh, opinions and perceptions, you could you could make the case that that's not a completely fair election. Mm-hmm. I don't get caught up in all that shit because um, ultimately, whatever. But as far as Tucker Carlson goes, I remember getting frustrated, even with him when I was when the first thing happened, uh, because he was kind of one of the first ones to really just kind of can that whole idea. Like he, yeah, he talked about it, um, but at the same time, it's like. That is kind of what a journalist or what a reporter, I mean, he's not a journalist, he's not a reporter, he's a, he's a, 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 what do you call those, like editorialist or commentator or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, he's, he's basically yeah. like a, you know. Like, a, they're a supposed to have an opinion. Yeah, yeah, they don't claim to be a reporter of, 
objective thing. It's like, yeah, when you turn on any of those network uh, media channels, you're getting an obviously curated, biased uh, perspective. And um, Tucker Carlson did for a brief time, and I, I emphasize the word brief, uh, kind of entertain that whole uh, Dominion voting thing. But he was really one of the first people, and it wasn't that long, one of the first people to be like, well, you know, we haven't seen any evidence of this. This is bullshit. And again, this kind of goes back to the whole Lamar thing, which is like, look, you're allowed to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And also, it's like, there is a lot of things that people have been wrong about. Look, there's a lot of news pundits on the air that are still on the air and nobody's questioning their legitimacy that for the first uh, three months of the COVID vaccine refused to admit that you could even still oh, yeah. get the virus. Well, they refused to admit it was a lab leak. Yeah. And in all reality, that's probably what happened. Yeah. So you have that. Then you have the fact that it's like, you know, we were pitched the vaccine for one thing. And then over over the course of three or four months, it became like, oh, well, you still get it and you still spread it. But like, it just keeps you from getting as sick as you would have gotten sick. It's like, okay, well, you know, that's a thing that people were just wrong about. And like, am I advocating that like every single person on MSNBC, every single person on CNN should be fired because they all pitched that shit. And some of them continue to pitch that shit, even though it's obviously everyone in their right mind understands that that's not the case. It's like, look, just like with the Lamar thing, it's like, it's okay to be wrong. It's not illegal to be wrong. And if you're a person who's commentating on politics and you come across a story, which was at the time, you don't have any way of knowing if this is a completely bogus story. And so you you bring it up on air. You say, look, the Trump campaign is saying this. Now, even the Trump campaign, the main arbiter of that whole story was Sidney Powell. They fired her after like literally 12 days or something ridiculous. They fucking got rid of her because even they realized like you're bad for the campaign. You're saying you're making all these claims. You have no evidence. You have no proof. And you're delegitimizing our entire point, which is a, a bigger thing. So like even the Trump campaign got rid of her. And very shortly after, there were very few people um, on that side that were still pushing it. And, and I mean, there are people, there were people that push it. There are still people that push it. I mean, yeah, but there's Tucker, people to this day that yeah. still say it was rigged. But Tucker Carlson, <laughs> yeah, he's guilty of, 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 of talking about and entertaining an idea that ultimately panned out to this point to not be, uh, you know, provable or true. Mm -hmm. And so that what, but at the same time, it's like that, I don't think was what got, I think that was the excuse to fire because when you look at, Fox News and CNN, like when you see them firing two of their anchors at the same time on the same day, it's like it, there should be no more clearly evident thing um, of just how in cahoots, to use an old school term, all these fucking media conglomerates are. Oh, yeah. Like, because they're, they're hedging or they're whatever the fuck, you know, they're... They're firing Don Lemon because they're like, okay, well, that Tucker Carlson firing is going to be a bigger news story, mm -hmm. and vice versa for Fox. So they're like, oh, well, we're firing Tucker, but look at what those, well, look at what CNN's doing. They fired Don Lemon. Yeah, and it's they in the midst. They fired a black man today. <laughs> well, it's in the midst of a uh, like the big Dominion lawsuit, the defamation lawsuit. And the reality is, it's like, look, there's a lot of people just like there's a lot of Trump voters that aren't really self-proclaimed Republicans because his main appeal was the fact that he wasn't really just an establishment Republican. There's a lot of people that watch Fox News specifically when Tucker Carlson was on. They didn't fuck with Sean Hannity. They didn't watch fucking Janine Shapiro Piro, or whatever. Like, they weren't in there. They might watch Greg Gutfeld because he's another, like, kind of funny guy. But, like, for the most part, like, Tucker was occupying a position at Fox News 
But he was saying and doing a lot of things that were not completely on board with what the Republican conservative establishment, media establishment particularly, and political establishment, which are the same fucking thing, in case anybody hasn't noticed yet. Um, he was not entirely on board with that, and he was saying things against like certain sponsors that were literally like, like he would be questioning like they had, Fox News had fucking pharmaceutical sponsors and shit like that, and he's fucking sitting on there questioning the fucking vaccine while they're getting paid to be on the air by the fucking thing, and it's like he was like what realize what you realize is when when Trump entered the election in 2016 with the Republican Party, the Republican Party did everything they could to push him out of there. They were having debates with like 12 people on the fucking stage just because they were doing everything they could to try to undermine the fact that he had way more appeal than anybody they had to put up against him within that party. And then only once he became the clear front runner and winner of the Republican nomination did the Republican establishment actually get behind him, which shows you that actually, no, Trump didn't speak for the Republican Party, and there, and and but he, he resonated with a lot of the Republican conservative base, which means that it's actually the Republican Party that wasn't resonating with their base. And Fox News is another fucking offshoot of that Republican establishment, that typical neocon textbook Republican establishment that just really is the Pepsi to the Democrats' Coke. And they all fucking work together. They all fucking have. You have Mitch McConnell, class, like 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 you kind of have to be like abreast as I am because I am more right-leaning within the spheres of right-leaning media just see how fucking much of a divide there is between like the just dudes who just kind of say shit and believe what they're saying versus the dudes who are very clearly just establishment Republicans and like you still have guys like Sean Hannity on there like you know they have their fucking seconds where all they do is just talk about like and a trans bullfrog walked into it's like you know they just do all the talking points that appeal Tucker really was the only guy that was like kind of doing his own thing and ultimately it fucked with uh, I think like you know Fox News is covering their ass uh, you know, they didn't have a problem when he was getting all those fucking being the number one guy on their network for the past however many years he's been on there. But all of a sudden it becomes a money thing. And now, oh, we need to cut ties. All, all, coincidentally, it wasn't until the lawsuit where Fox News felt the need to fucking do this. And then, of course, again, you have this firing of two people at the same time. And you're like, OK, well, that's clearly coordinated. So it why did Don Lemon get fired? Because he's gay. He just had he just had bad ratings and he's gay. No, he he had bad ratings, dude. Like he mm. was moved from like a primetime slot and then he moved to a daytime slot and then he got in trouble with the whole saying like women past their 40s aren't in their prime thing. I don't know if you heard about that. It was like a big thing. He was on like some like, I didn't give a shit. I, I kind of see what he meant, but it was like, I think that, um, you know, I think that he just kind of thought he would get a pass saying something like that. And then it wound up backfiring on him and that became a, a whole like fucking controversy and then, like, he was kind of on his way out. Mm. And so, you know, it's like, it's kind of like the same thing. Like, when you talk about, like, the United States traded a fucking convicted, like, uh, like arms dealer for terrorists to get Brittany Griner back. It's like an awful trade deal. Like, Fox yeah. News got rid of Tucker and CNN was just like, okay, we'll get rid of this. Fox News got rid of their number one guy. And then CNN was like, all right, I guess we'll get rid of, like, this guy that we put it like the fucking daytime television slot, whatever. It's just like things like that. It's like, look, I don't, 
I think if there's any mainstream cable news guy that gets any of my respect, it's, talk, it's Tucker Carlson, dude. I'm not saying I, I agree with everything he said, but he really was one of the few guys in in that media. And now there's going to be nobody. There's going to yeah, be there's know. nobody when you turn on the television now that's actually saying anything the only, that actually uh, applies. Like journalist or news reporter or whatever you want to call it, host that I'll ever respect is Nardwar, mm. the human serviette. The human serviette. I don't even know what that means. I serviette, I think, means um, napkin. Okay. Nardwar, the human napkin. The human napkin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not a great name. Um, and uh, last thing before we leave. Um, what's with that? What's with that? You tell me we only got one more thing. One more thing, folks. And we'll call it a day. This is a longer story I'm going to make into a short story. Um but I was pulled over. I'm going to turn it into a live action feature. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to play fucking music from the future over it. Um, I was pulled over uh, coming home from Gaithersburg last Saturday. Um, in the channel? No. in the. I was like, I made it all the way to the Towson Circle an Damn. hour. And I got pulled over basically in the Towson Circle. Damn. Because a state trooper had pulled over somebody like right in that inlet to Joppa road from the circle. Like you're coming around from York road South and you're going like, Oh, here's all the bars there, but you go past that and then you make the right at shake shack and shit. Mm -hmm. So a state trooper pulled somebody over right there. And then another cop happened to be right in front of me and just pulled right behind the state trooper and stopped with their lights on. So completely blocking off the lane. So I was like, all right, so you're completely blocking off this lane of Joppa road. It's one in the morning. There's nobody on the fucking road. And I was just like, all right, I'll just like go right past this lane and just make a right at the other thing, which mm -hmm. happened to be an outgoing thing. Mm. But um, so I was immediately pulled over. I just drove into my apartment. Yeah. I just like let them tail me into my apartment, <laughs> turned in there. And then they got out. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, I, I live here. And they were like, and it was a female cop, um, which I'd love to say has nothing to do with the story. But it does. Because of course it does. Um, just very like... Uh, she immediately comes up and she's like, just like comes up to the window. She's like, you have any idea what you just did? Blah, blah, blah. Just give me this lecture, like mm -hmm. yelling at me. Are you a Towson University student? I was like, no, I'm 30. And she was like, oh, you're 30. And I was like, she was like, where are you? Let me see your license. She's like, where do you live? And I was like, I live here. She's like, oh yeah, you live here. What's your apartment number? I was like, 11, 15. What? Like, why yeah. are you talking to me like this? Yeah, like literally yeah. I just did something that I thought in the moment kind of made sense for the situation, yeah. you know? And so like, she's yelling at me. And then, um, you know, the state trooper pulls up behind her and he's doing whatever and just kind of like watching the whole thing, staying out of it. And so she gets my license and insurance or whatever, registration or whatever. And, um, you know, they're flashing the lights in the car, all the fucking mm -hmm. classic bullshit. And um, so we're in those cases. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, guitar. Sorry. Oh, you play music. Yeah, right. Um, so you're saying like, you don't go to Towson University? <laughs> so like. She's doing the whole thing. She's in the car doing it. I just decided to like open the door and like step out to catch a breath. A state trooper flips out. What are you doing? What are you doing? I was like, hey man, I'm just fucking, just you know, I live here, dude. I'm just fucking, just want to stretch out. You guys take it for fucking ever. Yeah, like I just drove an hour. No, I'm not gonna change. lie. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I stepped out of the car because I wanted that state trooper to know that if I wanted to, I could whoop his ass. Ooh. He was like five foot six. Damn. Like short, stocky guy. And he was being such a dick that I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show you how tall I am. I'm just really going to show you that I'm bigger than you. <laughs> and if the situation wasn't this situation, you would not be acting the way you're acting. Yeah. Because I'm not treating you like that. So I got out. I knew he was going to flip out. I opened the door. 
just one hand waited for him to flip out and then, mm-hmm. I, and then I popped my head I was like I'm just getting out because I was like I don't want to get out really quick and then get shot yeah exactly <laughs> no um, maybe a use of my white privilege who knows um, and so they're doing the whole thing and then he's like alright stand right there so I'm just leaning against the, the car mm-hmm. just kind of like maybe getting a couple stretches in maybe a couple stretches mm-hmm. whatever and then she comes out she's like alright get back in your car i read something I'm like alright whatever so I get back in and because you have to be talked down to you have to get back in your car she has to be above you and it was just very like teacher to student vibe that i did Mm -hmm. not appreciate and she goes at the end she writes me two warnings and a 90 dollars reckless driving ticket oh my god and i was like and she was like all right so blah blah blah, it's payable fine whatever no points whatever she's like you have any questions i was like yeah i do so i wound up going we wound up getting like a full debate yeah over the um the egregiousness of my decision. And mm-hmm. I was like, look, you know, um, I've lived here my entire life. I happen to know that the Towson circle among all places in Towson is one of the most prone places for accidents. Um, I've seen like uh, the reason why you pull people over is because in theory, uh, I'm just paraphrasing right now. Mm-hmm. I said it cooler at the time. I promise. The reason why you pull people over is in theory that when you you pull people over, the threat of being pulled over for a traffic violation keeps the roads safer. Well, at what point does when you're pulling, I've seen people literally pulled over in the middle of the circle, completely obstructs traffic, completely fucks with the flow of things, honestly makes things more dangerous for people. Like at what point does it become counterintuitive and counterproductive when you're pulling people over and creating a more dangerous situation? And then blocking off one of the exits for the circle. Creating a more dangerous situation than would have existed if you just never pulled over the person in the first place. And then... So I'm like, you know, and like I, you're stopped, you're blocking off a main thoroughfare out of the Towson Circle for a routine traffic stop, and she's like, well, you know, you're making a lot of assumptions. It was, I was like, well, it had to be routine because as soon as you saw me, you got off that guy and just came after me. So whatever I did had to be worse than what that guy did. Yeah. Unless you had like a serial killer, and then you were like, but this guy did that. So we're that getting. That guy hit. went the wrong way we're, out of a one way. Yeah, we're letting this guy go because this other guy went through another lane, and so like we're getting this whole thing, and I was like. Basically saying like, you know, like there are several, I was like, I was like, I went around and I gauged the situation. I made a decision that I thought was appropriate. If you're driving down a, consider we're on a two lane highway, right? It's a two lane, one way this way, one way that way, right? Two lane highway. And somebody gets pulled over or maybe you're driving in the middle of the city and a truck stopped in the middle of the lane loading shit out. What is the common protocol? Well, you get behind the truck, you come to a stop, you look around, wait for no oncoming traffic, and you go around the truck. Or if there's an emergency vehicle pulling someone over, partially blocking the lane or fully blocking the lane in many situations, you wait for a safe situation and you go around. Effectively, that's all I did. You were completely blocking the lane and I went around. And you're sitting here yelling at me about the fact that what I did put lives in danger when in reality, more than likely, you stopping in the middle of a main thoroughfare when it's 1 a.m. on a Saturday night in Towson when people might be drinking, they might not be paying attention, you're blocking a crosswalk, there's tons of pedestrians walking, so now they have to find an alternate route across the road, and then you're stopped right where around a blind curve where somebody could be coming York Road and going there and not seeing you, and they rear-end you, who knows what that causes, maybe they, you know, it's like if any accident was going to occur out of the situation, it was because of the decision you made. Not yeah. because of what I did. So that whole thing and just, uh, so I'm going to court. Yeah, so 90 turns into 180, turns into 270. <laughs> Look, I got pulled over a couple months ago for texting and driving, and I was texting and driving. Mm-hmm. And it was another woman cop. She gave me a ticket, and I paid it immediately. Why? Because I was doing the thing she accused me of. Yeah, for sure. I'm not going to sit here and get yelled at by uh, someone and lectured 
about something and talk down to it. I said to her, I was like, look, there are so many ways you can handle the situation. You could have walked up and been like, like a lot of like regular cool people understand the situation. You know, you understand that it was a unique situation. So if I wound up handling it in a way that you didn't see fit, you could be like, come on, dude, you know, that was stupid. Why'd you do that? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. You come up to me lecturing me like I just fucking do did donuts in the middle of the goddamn street. Yeah. You know, you're, you're talking to me like I'm a piece of shit and like, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like, this is why, like I support the police, but this is why, uh, you guys get the flack you do because so much of your staff is, is these people on these fucking power trips. It's like, it just, and, and, and I've noticed this and I'm just going to say it. Um, when I was at the horse, uh, I, uh, Lucas Mosca, our friend was a little drunk. He got up on the stage during a break and was like fucking around with the drums. Bouncers kick him out. Right. Mm -hmm. They didn't even really try to kick him out, but Lucas was just so belligerent that in the process of kicking him out, they were he was just they were just like, okay, but actually you got to go because yeah. he was like so ridiculous. It was funny, it was cool. Um, he was allowed the next time. They were like, yeah, whatever. He was just, people drink, you know. And so when he gets out there, but then this other like short girl bartender comes out and just like pushes him in the middle of the street. Mm. I don't know where she wasn't even involved in the situation. She just comes. Yeah, I don't think power trip. I don't think she was working. She was literally just out drinking, but she works there because I play there. I know she works there. She comes out drunk and just fucking push the middle of the street and all i could think was that is a classic in a lot of ways a classic woman move that's because, a cop move well classic cop it's move. a cop move because the cops have the comfort of the uniform which means that if you do anything even remotely yeah, back I mean, to she them probably had a fucking horse t-shirt on dude that's all i'm saying she was in regular street clothes and she did the um annoying chick thing which is knowing that i can get away with more if I see a guy I don't know standing outside getting kicked out, my first instinct is not let me go outside and push him as hard as I can. Oh, yeah. Because I understand the consequences that are. That guy is going to fight me back. And now I'm in a fist fight. And now I'm in danger. And the people around me are in danger. When you're a little, you know, short little chick, you can go out and just do shit like that and just no consequences. And so they kind of like. Unless you do it to a chick. Unless you do it to a chick, which notice she didn't. And it's like, there are certain things that like, I thought about this when I was in Ocean City that like, as men, because that reality always exists, like any other guy would be perfect. Like if you were at a bar and you saw a guy punch a chick in the face, no matter what the situation was, every other guy at that bar, every other person at that bar beat that dude is going to be like, beat you up. If you see two dudes in a fight, it's just a fight. Yeah, You, you don't have one person's back over the other. It's just like, it's assumed that someone was in the wrong and they're getting what came to them, hmm. you know? So as a man, when you're in, I'm in coconuts and somebody bumped into me, I remember you turned around and me, was like, hey man, my bad. And I was like, but meanwhile, seven other chicks bumped into me, never said anything. Why? Because it's not a reality for them. And I'm not saying that women obviously have, women obviously have their own realities of being in situations that men aren't accustomed to or could even understand about just walking down the street or going out for a regular thing and being under constant threat of some thing so that's a thing i'm not taking that away from them but i'm also saying that this is also a thing which is yeah the other end of the spectrum is the, yeah the other end of the spectrum is men are kind of uh conditioned into conducting ourselves in a certain way because there's a lot more consequence to us mouthing off and starting shit and stuff like that you know what i mean and so it's like there are certain things i've noted about with like uh like I was at the fucking, I was at uh, McGurk's and this female bouncer comes up and it's just like, hey, I'm gonna need you to move. And it's like this like fucking just like chick bouncer. And I was like, all right. 
And so I moved. I was like, I guess in the middle of a doorway, I was just minding my own business. And she was like, I need to clear this doorway. But like kind of being like looking at me, like get out of here. And I'm thinking like, all right, look, I'm all for. I mean, that's just bouncer shit though. Yeah, but here's the point though, dude. Here's the point. And the same could be said with small guys who are bouncers. The point is, is that when you're at a bar, the point of security is so that I think when you walk into a bar, you should look at a bouncer and be like, oh, I'm not going to fuck up because that guy is huge. And he's going to fuck. If I act up, I'm getting choke slammed out of here. Mm-hmm. What happens if I was a complete fucking douchebag and that female bouncer walked up to me, five foot four, fat, walks up to me and goes, I'm going to need you to move. And I go, I'm going to need you to fucking move, bitch. I'm going to need you to move. I ain't fucking, <laughs> I ain't going fucking anywhere. And then she fucking makes a move and Again, this is, I would never do this, and most men would never do this, but some men would, especially if they're wasted. Certain people would. If I just fucking physically assaulted her, immediately, you're, she's not a bouncer anymore. She's a liability. Yeah, She's a placeholder for a job. Immediately, the second something pops off, it's every other guy bouncer's job in that building to make sure that she doesn't completely get her fucking ass whooped. So in reality, it's like you're really just holding a position here, and you're... Having the decorum of somebody who's going to beat my ass or something like that. But in reality, you're honestly just a liability. You're honestly a liability for for some, being in a harmful situation where now it's like there's a lot of things like that. I don't know why I got on this whole tangent. I'm just thinking about different ways that I've been approached yeah, by what's different with people. That? Do you hate women, Jimmy? I don't hate women, but I, <laughs> I understand that like, you know, guy elementary school teachers bug me out too. I understand that there's there's not bug me out i get it yeah i'm just saying i'm just giving another uh, alternative example some every time you see a guy second grade teacher you know uh, a red flag should go up a little bit and be like hmm, let me just make sure this guy's normal you know same thing mm-hmm. with like anything you know you see a a coach of a sports team that doesn't have any kids on the team hmm, yeah let me investigate or, yeah, this further boy scout master with no kid exactly these yeah, are yeah. all things so it, it goes both ways i know i'm focusing on the female side as i tend to do but I'm giving you both sides of the equation here. And in this side of the equation, I'm giving you the reality. It's like there are certain things where it's like, you know, with the military and shit, it's like, you know, if you're a, if you're a male, you have to do this many pull-ups and this many push-ups and run a mile in this time. If you're a female, you have to do this, that, the third, but it's in a different time and a different amount. And it's like when we're fighting a war, is the other side across shooting at us going like, all right, well, let's slow down the fucking bullets for this for this chick. But, you know, when we when we go and attack this guy, it's like, if we're coming up with a job that requires a certain set of a certain set of skills, if we're coming up with a job that requires a certain set of things, it's like, why do we how do we benefit by by saying like if this is the physical standard that we decided is necessary to conduct this job, how does anyone benefit by lowering that standard to allow other people in? Hmm. Look, if you're a chick that can do 10 fucking pull-ups and 50 push-ups and run a mile in seven minutes, by all means, be in the fucking Marines. I don't or or be in the cops. You know, it's not that hard to fucking pass the physical test for a cops, clearly. Um, but like, how does anyone benefit? How does society benefit when we change the standards for different groups of people when ultimately we've decided that, Hey, this is a job that needs to get done. And here's how you, here's the type of person you need to be to do that job. But unless you're a chick, in which case now you get to do that. I also think the main issue is I assume like the thing with like being a bouncer, I guess, like it's it's like a politician and I assume a police officer where it's like it takes a certain pers- kind of person to want to be that. Sure. And usually it's never for the the common good or whatever. You know what I mean? Absolutely not, yeah. Like most people get want to be a police officer because they want to carry a gun and feel like they have power. Mm-hmm. So that's just, I don't know. 
I see where you're coming from, but also like you got to take that into. Well, yeah, it's that's what I was saying about the cops. It's like I support the police in general, but I've had so many encounters that I totally understand what people talk about. I'm like, yeah, yeah cops, the police suck. a lot of cops are fucking douchebags. And it's because you're literally just getting like that bouncer energy. And it's like I'm sitting there thinking like, you know, like she's sitting there going off. Literally, here's what's so stupid about the female cops. Are, she was like, you don't think I understand about accidents? I've wrecked two cars since I've been on the force. I was <laughs> I've like, wrecked two cars. You're literally like, proving you're, my point. Yeah, You're, you're literally making proving, my argument. Yeah, I'm like, oh, so I'm the guy... <laughs> How many cars have I wrecked in the past two years? Let's not go back three years, but in the past two years, how many cars have I wrecked, lady? No, it's just it's just it's just funny like that, dude. And it, it, look, I'm not I'm not a sexist person, but uh, you know, look, I would be I would be remiss to not acknowledge these very strange rules we have going on. Where yeah, any here's the here's the worst thing: any guy who wants to be a bouncer is definitely a dude who like has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Oh, for sure. Um, but I would say that extends even further for any chick that wants to be a bouncer, 100% without a fucking doubt has something to prove. Cause that is not a normal thing for any girl to be like, let me go work security for a bar. It's like any dude, you have like a 80, 20% chance that they're a douchebag versus they're just a guy who just found themselves in a job. They were they used to be a bus boy and somebody was like, hey, you want to work door tonight? And now they're working door. It's like, there are those guys too. And a lot of those guys are like scrawny guys where you're like, I hope you're like a black belt in something because if anything pops off and your 140 pound ass gets in the thick of it, you're getting fucked up too. Yeah. You know, it's like, so like you have with guys, it's like a, not quite a coin flip. I would say, I would say, let's call it a coin flip. It's a coin flip between douchebag and just guy who's working his job. Mm-hmm. With a chick bouncer, it is a 100% chance that that chick has a fucking chip on her shoulder because I have never met a normal girl who's just like, yeah, I just, you know, blah, blah. but I also am a fucking bouncer for the horse, bitch. <laughs> like, oh, really? Okay, damn. So it's like, I would say the same thing goes for cops. I would say the same thing goes for cops. And I, hey, hey, maybe in three months we'll be back here and and I'll be wrong again. You know, that's the beauty yeah. of being wrong. Yeah. So What's Fox News, don't fire me. What's with that? <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, yeah, that was all I had. Got any any dates you want to bring up? I know we got something big coming up this Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Oh yeah, let's work up to it, dude. Do you have anything else before that coming up? You want to no. plug? Okay. Um. Well, guys. Uh. For all you perennial, uh, whatevers. Um. Tuesdays are back, baby. Officially, Ooh. I am back at Perennial every Tuesday. Um, I'm happy about it. The people that come into Perennial to see me on Tuesdays are happy about it. My bank is happy about it. My landlord is happy about it. <laughs> Everyone's happy about this. Uh, every Tuesday at Perennial, starting this Tuesday, May 2nd, I am there from 5 to 8.30 solo dolo. Um, depending on the weather, may the 4th be with you on Thursday. May the 4th be with the clouds and the rain and the sun. If it, if we're peaking in at above 70 degree high for the day, I will be at Ampersy 6 to 9 on the docks, or maybe 5 to 8, probably 5 to 8. Scratch that. Thursday, May 4th, 5 to 8 at Ampersy. If the weather's nice, I will post that in my Instagram story if up applicable. Uh, this Friday is Cinco de Mayo, baby. It officially ends that classic stretch between St. Patty's Day and Cinco de Mayo, which I consider like an actual, like, uh, like the fucking forty-five days of St. Patty's Day or Cinco de Mayo. It's like a, it's like a phase. Mm-hmm. It's a phase. It's a season. It's a season. 
Um, so Cinco de Drinko, Cinco de Sophomore, baby. I'm playing a double header uh, Valley Inn 5 to 8. Also bringing back the first Fridays at Valley Inn. It's a big month for kicking off sophomore season, dude. Um, so Tuesdays, every Tuesday, perennial from here on out. And every first Friday of the month at Valley Inn, I'm there 5 to 8 starting this Friday, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, and right after that, I'm jetting on down to Fells Point to be with the sophomore boys uh, at the horse you came in on, 10 to close uh, in Fells Point. Saturday, I will be at Nacho Mama's in Towson, 4 to 7, solo dolo. And Sunday. And Sunday. And now. The moment Sunday, you've all Sunday, been waiting for. Sunday. Sunday, May 7th. The Booze Belt Brunch. brunch? <laughs> uh, we, we finally worked it out with Rodos. They said they want the band. They said they're good on comedy. Which I said, well, fine. you guys are smarter than I thought you were. Brunch and comedy doesn't goes together like oil and water. <laughs> I don't know if you caught it, but on the banner, I literally put no comedy. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that was a subtle thing. I don't think they caught that, but that was for that was for the real ones. If you caught that, um, some people did. Um, but yeah, Rodos this Sunday, May seventh, uh, at two p.m. We're kicking it off for the booze belt bash slash brunch. I think the Sunday afternoon is really going to be. Cool. I kind of had it as like a flyaway idea when I was pitching like possible times for it. But honestly, look, anybody who's familiar with Fells Point knows that the Saturday, Sunday foot traffic day crowd on a nice day is awesome. It's also Cinco de Mayo weekend. Um, You know, people are just getting out of brunch. Nobody's quite ready to go home yet, but it's like, you know, it's 2 p.m. It's a nice afternoon shindig. Uh, you know, pop on through. We're presenting the belt and bracket. Um, I'm presenting the hundred dollars of my money to uh, Caroline, the winner of the bracket challenge. And uh, sophomore, the boys are playing a set. I we're not getting paid for it, so there's not really any time constraints or constrictions. We're just gonna fucking do what we feel like doing, um, which is the best type of gig. You know, sometimes I'd be willing to give up money just to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And this is one of those situations. So John, Joe, and Jim. Uh, this Sunday, uh, you know, we'll be presenting no comedy this time around, like I said, but it's all, it's all for the better. We got $5 LFTS bombs. Um, that honestly, okay. So $5 Bud Light's not the best special, but, but $5 bombs, $5 bombs is awesome. It's pretty good. Honestly, if I were you, okay. So the specials are $5 Bud Lights, $5 LFTS bomb or sorry. Yeah. $5 LFTS bombs and $8 crushes. $8 crushes, I'm assuming they're like big crushes, mm-hmm. in which case that's a move. It's a Sunday, it's daytime, great day drinking thing. $8 crushes could be the move. Um, $5 bombs is awesome, though. That's yeah. a great special. Um, they've actually agreed to do the LFTS bomb, uh, so you'll have to just come and find out what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and But the $5 Bud Lights, I feel like that's like almost a dollar more than what I was expected to pay for a Bud Light. I mean, but for Fells? Yeah, that's true. That's, That's not true. bad. That's true. That's a, it's, They're usually it, like seven or nine. Let's just put it this way. Come down for amazingly priced bombs, pretty good priced uh, crushes, and regular priced beers. Mm-hmm. And if you can't have a good time with that, then I can't help you. You yeah. know, I can't help you. Agreed. But that's uh, Sunday, May 7th at Rodos in Fells Point, right on Broadway by the water. Uh, 2 p.m. Catch your boys there. Um, outside of that... Uh, the backtrack, 
sophomore songs doing pretty well. We're getting some plays. We finally got some ads on some playlists, some placements. Nice. Doing it kind of like uh, analog style this time, like privately hitting people up, not really doing too much with this. I mean, doing a little bit with the services, but it's coming back. We're getting good reviews. A lot of people in our personal circle have said that they think it's our best song yet, which is cool. Um, and uh, I, I agree. It's I would say, I, I described it to the John this way. It's not my favorite song we've done, but I think it's our best song we've done. If that mm. makes any sense. I think as a song, it is certainly the best song we've done. I think it is a really good kind of evolution of our sound. Um, and look, it could be one of my, it, it is one of my favorites. I think I just have a little bit more of emotional connection to certain songs we did before because I've been writing them for like seven years before we recorded them versus this one, which is a about a year in the making or two years. So mm. check that out. Backtrack uh, at sophomore MD on Instagram and all that. Uh, at Jimmy Seleski, at Eric Glazer. Yes, sir. Um, and of course, at LFTS Podcast across the board. If you ain't listening oh, to live from the studio, what's up with that? What's with that? Peace. Peace.